there, I'm Annette of Arab Africa and you are listening to Coffee and Stars Podcast, a platform for candid and unconventional narratives about the place of the young African woman in society. In this episode, I speak to Dr. Evelyn Owusu-Roberts, a clinical psychologist based in Ghana, West Africa. Dr. Owusu-Roberts likes to talk about mental health and what she terms the glass box syndrome. I'm excited for 2023 and I'm excited for this episode as I love to talk about living a fulfilled life, mental health, and women's well-being. Welcome, Dr. Evelyn Owusu-Roberts. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you very much for having me. Yes, I'm excited for today. So tell us a bit about yourself as a psychologist person, the things that you believe in. Okay. Um, so um, I discovered my love for psychology during my undergraduate program at Legon. Um, after school, I was kind of wondering what um, I wanted to do. So then I spoke with my head of department, the late um, Professor Dankwa. He asked me to intern um, at his clinic, and it was there that um, during that process that I really fell in love with psychology and how psychology can be used to really heal and bring healing. So what I really love about psychology, the fact that it is one way to bring healing to people, um, and I just feel... I'm really blessed um, that um, I can do that. Well, lovely. So I want to pick on something that you just said, that psychology brings healing. Can you give us one example, one example, the one that you really love, how psychology brings healing to people? Um, so um, let's take, for example, what happens during the therapy process. And you have someone come to you and they're in such a a place of great distress. And um, sometimes they feel, they feel like nobody really understands what they are going through. Then, you know, you have a conversation with them or you start therapy with them. And then you have a session. And at the end of the session, they feel so much better. You can literally feel, you know, the weight drop you know, that the weight has dropped from their from their shoulders and they just seem so much calmer. And um, then they give you that feedback without even you asking, so how was this? How did it go for you? Did you feel understood? Did you feel heard? Without you even kind of doing that assessment at the end of the session, um, you know, you find that, you find that um, they just feel so much better you know, they feel so much better. And that's the healing. It's kind of a mental healing, psychological healing, emotional healing. And, you know, they they just feel so much better than they did um, before. Lovely. Healing is extremely important. So let's come back to yourself. What is a fun fact about you? What What is your fun fact? Um, a fun fact is that um, before psychology, um, I actually thought I was going to be a writer. Um, this was because I discovered um, my passion for writing again when I was in like um, class six. 
And that's when um, I discovered a passion for writing. And I actually wrote, um, wrote um, a novel. I have two published novels. The first one I wrote when I was 16. So I guess that's a fun fact. I'm also a published author. That's nice. That's very, very interesting. So what are the titles of your book, if I may ask? Um, the first one is Breath of Fate and Breath of Fate, F-A-T-E. And the second one is Against the Tides. So, yeah, those are the two books. Okay, nice. Who are your role models? Maybe my Angela. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's pretty cool. Oprah is also pretty cool. Um, but... Usually, when I also think about role models, I don't necessarily just think about um, the people. I also think about the personality and um, the personalities that um, I'm drawn towards and um, the personalities that kind of inspire me. So they may not necessarily entirely um, be kind of um, what I would want to be or pursue a career path that I would want to even pursue even, but then and some of the personalities that they embody. Um, Oprah is one, uh, when I'm talking about a role model, the human being, um, of course. Um, but then another person, you know, it's also like uh, my pro some of my professors that I've had, you know, the way in which they teach. I like, I have also kind of um, taken up some of that personality in my own personal teaching as well. You know, I, I, my husband, my husband is also kind of my role model, um, you know, um, Professor um, Ayite. He is also my role model. So I have quite a few of them. <laughs> this is the first time I've heard someone say their husband is their role model. That's very nice. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. let's go into women and mental health. <laughs> okay. So women and mental health, what are the issues? What are the issues that uh, we do usually see um, women come with, especially when it comes to mental health as a psychologist? Um, so, um, with women, and when we're looking at mental health, we look at some of the issues that uh, women tend to, um, you know, experience. One, for example, is childbirth and the process of childbirth. So sometimes you find that, um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, a woman has given birth, she's supposed to, um, you know, have that happy feeling, the feeling of relief and joy and being able to bond with their kids. And, and that might not necessarily be there and because they may be experiencing um, postpartum depression. And sometimes uh, on that scale, we have the very severe end, which is the postpartum psychosis. And so then because of that, you may hear that there's a woman who has killed her newborn. You know, there's a woman that, you know, um, yeah, has basically um, committed that, um, that um, act, um, you know. And sometimes when you investigate, 
further you may hear that oh she was hearing voices you know she had these beliefs that you know maybe the child was a demon and all of those things so that's what um postpartum psychosis might look like and we have postpartum depressions sometimes we even have postpartum anxiety um so that's one issue and another is and when it comes to relationships as well and sometimes um you know love relationships may not go as um, the way that you'd want to and so then that could also be a problem and even with work you know sometimes women um, experience some harassment you know in the workplace and so then that could be a problem and then also we have um, other issues such as and um, being able to combine you know motherhood with career you know um, sometimes so that could also you know, create certain issues. So these are some of the, you know, mental health issues that um, related issues that women um, face. So let's stay with women in the workplace for a little bit because I'm, I'm a bit interested in that. When it comes to women in the workplace, a lot of times I like to talk about women leadership because um, sometimes especially depending on what kind of setting it is, we find that people think that leadership is not for um, for women, but it's a male um, trait, so male, it's the male characteristics that they find in leadership. And also sometimes when women become leadership, they have what is called a catch-22. It's either you are too soft or you are bitchy because you are just all that. But, but that is where I usually like to talk about it also, career advancement and being stuck. But I, the question I want to ask you is, how often do you experience women going into depressive states because of workplace issues? It could be workplace sexual harassment or maybe um, the burden of their work, not feeling exactly fulfilled by the work that they do and they feel confused and stuck, etc. How often do you Yeah, so sometimes there is the experience of, you know, some of the issues at work that are not necessarily pleasant. And then there's also talking about it. So sometimes people may experience, you know, some of these negative, you know, incidences, but then they may not necessarily talk about it. I think that is um, also... Um, was also um, part of the Me Too movement that came up some years back. Um, you know, the fact that women are also treated differently, you know, at the workplace and how women at that time, you know, decided to call for equality in the workplace. Okay. So there's a thing to say about um, the issues that happen and people not talking about it, but I want to come back to it. The question that I asked, I was asking, how often do you see it within your clinics and um, your sessions? Do you have people coming to you with workplace um, issues as compared to maybe um, the depression or relationship? I know relationship is a big one, Esther, but do you see workplace um, issues as well? Yeah, so um, in with the workplace issues, in terms of people coming into 
um, have conversation. There's been quite a number, but not as significant as um, other issues because people don't tend to want to talk to a clinical psychologist about a, a work issue. And the, the, I guess the idea out there is that maybe if you are depressed, maybe if you have some other issue that is more clinical, um, quote unquote, then you want, you may want to talk to a clinical psychologist about it, but then no one really connects. Oh, I'm really struggling in the workplace. Um, I want to talk to somebody about it. Usually it's, oh, I'm feeling really depressed. Um, you know, it's, uh, my work is not going well. This is not going well. That is not going well. I want to talk to you about it, but then usually, um, coming to me saying that I have an issue with the, at the workplace and I want you to help me, you know, with that. And um, that doesn't become something, um, that people want to come as, uh, come with as the presenting issue. You kind of discover it in the process of talking about their depression or anxiety and all of that. So there's this issue that I have noticed that when it comes to people's mental health, people wait until they are in a depressive state or it has gotten to the state of psychosis before they know that I need attention or I need help. So as a clinical psychologist, how what can you say to help people to know the early signs so that they can start to seek help early because it's not something that um people do generally the education is not out there enough for people to say that when i feel this way or when i'm not feeling well i need attention when people think psychologists or psychiatrists they would think okay it is when you are on the streets and everything is off hmm. so i think uh, one glaring one glaring um, sign is um, suicidal thoughts, suicidal thinking. When you realize that um, you are having a lot of suicidal ideations, you know, thoughts of killing yourself, um, that is like, you know, at that point you are, you know, the um, red, red lights are sounding, alarm bells are sounding, and you really need to um, seek help. Um, and even more than that, when you've, tried to commit suicide you know when you've attempted suicide that is like a, a big red flag that you need help and before that before you get to that point and some of the signs to look out for is really looking at your functioning okay the things that you do on a daily basis are you still able to do that you know um like you used to or do you find that there's been a decline you know, all of a sudden, going to work is difficult. You'd rather stay in bed. You'd rather isolate. You'd rather not go out. You know, look at the things that you used to take pleasure in. You know, is it still at that level? Or are you? do you find that you are losing interest in the things that you used to take pleasure in? You know, so that now, uh, you know, something that everyone may would know you for, everyone will say, oh, as for this person, Oh, if, if I want to maybe go play tennis, I know who to call. Oh, if I need to, we want to go to the beach, I know who to call. Oh, if, you know, you are known to be that person, all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I don't feel like going. And like people are very surprised. So looking at the things that you, took, you used to take pleasure in, do you still have that same 
you know, pleasure and looking at their functioning, is your functioning decreasing? And then looking at your emotional state, do you find that maybe you are weeping a lot, you are anxious a lot, and do you find that you are more sad, it's difficult for you to be happy? You know, these are things that, you know, um, these are some of the signs that show that, like, things are not really going well for you. And that you should seek help. All right, that's great. Thank you for... Yes, okay. Thank you for that education. I want to find out how can people prioritize their mental health? What are some of the things that people can do to prioritize their mental health? Um, so, I mean, one of the things that um, can be really helpful is one, keeping a journal if you are that kind of person. Um, the journal um, finds, the journal can be a place where um, you can have like some catharsis, so to speak. Um, this is where you can really pour out your emotions, pour out your thoughts, and, um, you know, really kind of like do some self-searching, you know, some self-assessment. And this can really help at the end of the day um, with your mental health. Another thing that you can do in terms of putting your mental health first is knowing what your stress relief mechanisms are. So what that means is that what are some of the things that you do that bring light into your life? What are some of the things that, um, that you do that help you relax? You know, it can be something as simple as watching TV, listening to music, going for a walk, exercising. Okay. Um, so when you know them, you know, that is one thing that is good. That is good to know. And then the second part is implementing them when you need to. Okay, so making sure that um, you are being very intentional about having that relaxation time or stress relieving times. Okay, and that um, these are like very simple ways. Another one is having a good social support system. You know, people that you can talk to, people that maybe you can um, have that you have something in common that you can engage in. So maybe um, if even at church um, you are all in the choir. Or, you know, um, you all, you know, like to exercise together. So then you go um, to the gym together, like, like a group of people um, um, that you count as, you know, like good um, social support systems, you know, like your, your squad. So it's good to have a good squad. Um, so, um, yeah, these are just a few ways. These are just a few things that um, can help when you are talking about helping your mental health and being intentional about that. Great. Okay, so let's see. Let's talk about the glass box syndrome. What is it and how does it play out? Um, so we are talking about the glass box syndrome. That's basically a term that I came up with. And because um, in talking with people, I noticed that there are a lot of people that just feel stuck. You know, um, when you are young, you, are, you may be very full of dreams. It seems like your dreams, you know, um, don't have any kind of obstacle. And why not? Of course, you can fulfill that dream. Of course, you can become this, you know. And then all of a sudden, as you are growing, you are finding that, it's not as easy as I thought. It's not as easy as I imagined. Um, sometimes it seems like, you no, know, in, in spite of whatever efforts that the individual may 
put into, you know, um, going towards their goal. It's, it's not that straight forward. And so because of that, they feel stuck. They feel like, you know, this is all that they'll ever be. There's, there's a better day is not ahead. And, um, you know, and everyone else is, is moving forward. Everyone else is achieving their dreams. And, you know, that individual is not, you know, so then that feeling of being stuck, like you can't move forward, you know, and I call it a glass box syndrome because it's like, you, um, the, you are in a box. You feel like you are in a box. I said that it's made out of glass. You can see out of the glass. You, know, you can see everything you want to achieve. You can see other people achieving it. But then it seems like you, for some reason, can't do it because like you are kind of stuck in some kind of box. So that's what I call the glass box syndrome. Okay. So when people are feeling that way, when people are feeling stuck or they are looking at everybody else and thinking of themselves as failures, what can they do? Um, so that's a point where you kind of, you can talk to people. You can talk to uh, maybe people that are in your social support group, like people that are encouraging. Hello. So those can encourage you. Another thing is also to look at, it's really important to be able to look at the stories of people who, so you deal with that by really looking at um, your support system, looking at people who can encourage you, um, people who can motivate you, people who can basically, you know, um, people who are on your team and who want to see you do well. Another is also looking at people who quote unquote have made it or who are making it, so to speak, and being able to listen to um, the stories of people um, who are making it or who have made it and how they got there. Because when you really listen to those people, no one really starts by, oh, well, it was easy. You know, I just did ABC and then it was done. Like everyone has a story of some sort of struggle. And um, it's really important to know that no one really goes from point A to point B without some sort of struggle. And so then um, that allows us to normalize the struggles that, you know, such people go through. We all go through, you know, on that journey of, you know, making it, so to speak, or achieving our dreams. All right. So what advice would you give to your younger self who haven't um, gone through your education, becoming a clinical psychologist, writing two books, learning about your journey, etc.? What advice would you give to your younger self? Um, I would say be patient. Um, I would say be patient. I would say... Um, you are more capable, you know, um, than you think. I will say, um, go with the process, trust God more. Um, you know, the, this is what I would tell my, my younger self. Okay. So these are great stuff. Is there anything else you would like to add to the conversation we've had around women and mental health? 
the glass box ceiling, career, mental health, etc. Is there anything you want to, because you are going to play a game now. So is there something you want to add before we go on to that side? Um, no, I just really want, like, um, the advice that I wanted to give, that I would give to my younger self, um, I want um, people to be patient with themselves. Sometimes it's easier to give to people all the, emo all the emotional support, all the encouragement, all the patience, you know, um, that um, our loved ones need. But then when it comes to giving that to ourselves, you know, that becomes, you know, a problem. And so I would encourage that, you know, as much love as you put out there, as much light as you give to other people, try to, you know, give that to yourself as well. All right. Try to give as much love and light to yourself as you give to others. That is wonderful. All right, so we are going to play the numbers game now. So this is how it works. From 1 to 100, and then you choose five, any five random numbers. You choose all of them together, and then I would just tell you the questions one after the other, and you answer them as fast as you can. But these are just fun questions also to just to get to know a bit more about you and your likes. All right, are you ready? I'm ready. Um, five. Okay, so choose your five random numbers. Okay, five. I should choose all of them at once. Yes, I'll, I'll take all the numbers. Okay, so mm. five, 30, 15, 10, and... 100. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay. So number five. What would you change about yourself if you could? Oh, my goodness. I would have endless faith. Like, oh, my goodness. I would have like endless faith. Like, I'll be the most faith person in the world. <laughs> like, I'm the most faith, faith in the world. Yes. Okay. Thirty says that. Who would you want to be stranded with on a, a deserted island? My husband, I told him um, that if I ever had to be stranded on a deserted island, I would want to be the, I would want to be stranded with him because he's so um, creative, like resourceful. Oh, I, I, I've already told him. I'll choose him. <laughs> okay, that's wonderful. Fifteen said, "What would you want your child to be when they grow up?" Oh, I want them to be all that God wanted them to be. That's like our prayer, that they would be all that God has, wants them to be. Okay. So number 10 is, what's your proudest accomplishment? Oh, my proudest accomplishment. Um... 
just being able to just finish you know um finishing i love finishing stuff like when when i set a goal and i finish so finishing school finishing school and uh, postgraduate my postgraduate studies that was one and um, because if i'd known i always say if i'd known what i would have to do to finish what it required i would have said i couldn't do it but it showed me that i was more capable you know than i thought i was that i could do more than i thought i was and um, i had set a limit to myself that i didn't even know i had set before that mm. all right so 100 what cartoon do you like to watch <laughs> um cartoon oh i watch a lot of cartoons but um Ah, from the top of my head, ah, Bluey. Let's do. Let's go with Bluey. Bluey is cute. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. So thank you, Doctor Evelyn Owusu Roberts, for joining me today on Coffee and Stars podcast. This is where we draw the curtains. Haven't learned so much from you about women and their mental health about um, career about feeling stuck and what to do how to prioritize your mental health to be patient and all the signs that people need to know when it comes to their mental health and taking care of themselves one of my takeaways from all the conversations that we've had is try to give as much love and light to yourself as you would give to others Thank you and thank you to all the listeners who have joined today on this podcast and on this conversation. I'm very happy to do this first episode of 2023 and I hope that there will be many more conversations around women, their well-being, women, their leadership, women advancement, women and their career. So thank you very much. Have a good day and it's cheers for me.